0: There's joy in every journey. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Calagiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community.
1: Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss, and Joe Marguccio, Nate Geary, producing. Well, guys, this is it. Last show before Thanksgiving. Of course, a lot of people out there today probably going out and getting the uh, everything that they're going to need for Thanksgiving dinner. I think I've, uh, I've got most of what I need. I have the turkey ready, and I just have to cook that, and a couple other things. I'm going to make a chocolate pie. That's about all I have to do. Finish my leaves. You guys have to battle the leaves?
2: I think I'm taking a dip today. You're taking a dip today? <laughs> Look at it out there.
1: <laughs> well, it's going to decrease. The weather is going to get uh, progressively worse. And uh, would we have a winter storm warning or something like that in effect for uh, tomorrow? Which usually means, Rog, your area gets nailed.
3: Yeah, but uh, I think if, you know, and I hate to listen to those uh, meteorological prognosticators, if you will. Uh, but, uh, not that big deal. I don't think, uh, in, uh, unless you're in extreme southern Erie County, Jamestown and all our friends down there, uh, Cattaraugus, Chautauqua County, it sounds like they're going to get the brunt of it. Um. You might see it dusty in Niagara Falls,
1: that's Around it.
3: here, for the most part, I don't think it's a big deal, because all, most of the leaves are off the tree. You know, the October surprise, the big problem was all the leaves were on the tree, and right. that's what caused all the damage, so... I think this one, my guess is it's being a little overblown. They're erring on the side of caution.
1: Well, I finished up my leaves yesterday, at least uh, ran the mower out of gas. So anything that falls now, I don't care. I'll deal with that I was going to say time. with the
3: winds, it's not just falls is what comes from the next zip code you can have well Late i usually, is- i'm the one my
1: house is the one that collects all the leaves from the neighborhood you know it that's just what comes, everybody in the neighborhood says so you know that it just seems that way it all collects right at my front door you kind of get like a uh a tornado effect of leaves just spinning around and bam dumps it right there so yeah that's lovely i uh, thank you very much but today i want to do make sure i get my snowblower running last year I barely used it so and from what i'm hearing this year it's going to be uh an active winter for uh snowblowers so uh, you want to you get your thing gassed up and ready to go mm. and i just want to enjoy the weekend and relax first weekend that i really don't have to run around and uh, and go crazy uh roger i do want to start the show off uh, on a sad note and you and i went back and forth in this and uh you'll see it posted on our facebook page but uh our condolences to the Dolak family yeah jd3
3: his sisters br- uh, brothers and obviously his mom and all that uh it's pretty tough for them right now. Uh, I imagine it's, you know, it's always hard to say this, but it's probably a bl- blessing for. Well, he's not JD suffering anymore. Uh, and uh, just uh,
1: what what can you say? You know, our heart aches for them. It, they really do. Such watch, a great family. You watch
3: JD three on the field. He leaves everything out on the field and all that. And and he's a and, great uh, kid. He's a great kid. The family, they're just they're, you know, regular, salt of the earth people and all that. And, yes, our condolences do go out to them. I guess uh, viewing is today and tomorrow, 1 to 4, and the service will be immediately after the viewing tomorrow.
1: So difficult. And then you had another one. That...
3: Yeah, uh, condolences to our friend uh, Matt Palma. He's the uh, head of the football referees and right. football officials and all that. And uh, to his daughter, uh Lisa, who was the uh, softball coach of the uh, 2013 uh, Lady Bulldog uh, New York State softball champions, Uh, his mom and her grandmother, they passed away today, and our condolences go out to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very sad stuff. Uh, Before we get to news and notes, uh, something that... uh, Nate Gary contacted me last night. and Nate who? Nate Gary, Sunshine. I know him. Put your headphones on, Raj, because Nate's going to jump in on, uh, on this. And, and Nate says, you know... Tony, I found some audio that dates back to uh, Kensington High School. Of course, anybody that's listened to the show for more than five minutes knows that Roger went to Kensington High School. What years did you, uh, were you there again, Roger? Oh, yeah, sure. Give away my age, Anthony. That's all you want to do.
4: 1994 uh. to <laughs>
3: yeah. 1998.
2: Celsius,
4: maybe. <laughs> A little bit longer
1: ago than that. It could, you know, and, and Roger was very active in high school. Proudly class of 1964. I think this audio was from uh, from November twentieth, nineteen sixty four, and it was one of the uh, the groups that Roger was the president of, which you know again he's very active in the school. So Nate says, you know, I think I uncovered this gem on YouTube, and he goes, I, I think you should uh, play this on the show. So Nate, if you could let it rip. Happy
0: Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday.
1: Roger was very popular, and 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 they obviously they thought a lot of him to sing "Happy Birthday to You" in uh, in school. Happy Birthday, Rog! Thank you. Even know, though it's not till tomorrow, but uh, and I we do a- have to say is also Happy Birthday to Dirt, who's a little bit older than you.
3: Yes, we were twins. Dirt's eight minutes uh, older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn, my Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, and when I say Marilyn, my Marilyn. <laughs> Mrs. Terry Koenig, I also think of her, so uh, great people. Thanks, everybody.
1: (laughs) I knew that would catch you off guard. (laughs) But
3: just, Nate, just remember, Anthony bought up Kensington. I didn't. You know, I always get accused of overdoing it. Anthony the one that bought that up.
1: That's on me. Happy birthday, my friend. All right, news and notes. Let's start off with Frank Wolf. I got to follow that up, huh? Yeah, good luck.
2: (laughs) Okay. Uh, girls volleyball, day one uh, out at Glens Falls. We got the Eden Raiders out there with Coach Steven Pierce looking for his A straight title. Ridiculous. Class C pool uh, play also begins uh, today. That's where they are. He's got 18 straight Final four, so we wish them the wow. best of luck. Will East, uh, semifinalist last year, get a chance to get it done this year, uh, representing Class A. I know they're playing right now. And also, Class D Panama making their first trip to the state final. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, girl swimming, uh, that starts at 10 a.m. this morning. Um, OP's Olivia Sapio's out there. Um, she very well could be very uh, successful. She finished, uh, well, she hasn't finished yet, but she qualified first in the uh, 200 and second fastest time in the 100 fly. So we carry that on to uh, cross country. Fed Championships going on out in Wappinger Falls. Uh, the East Aurora girls going strong. Maple Grove boys are going strong out there representing uh, Section Six. And then in the Catholic meet, you got the Nardin girls and St. Joe's. Um, Fed hockey games today. Uh, just play out, uh, I'm sorry, just uh, preseason stuff. Canisius uh, hosting a, a team from Section Two out at Riverworks at 1 p.m. today. Sweet home and Niagara Wheatfield are going to go at it at 3:30 at the Northtown Lockport is hosting a team from Section Five. Rush Henrietta, they are at Cornerstone at 6 p.m. tonight. And uh, Mike Steffen from Will East is a two-sport athlete out there. On Monday, he's going to sign a letter of intent with Canisius to play D1 baseball. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Roger, you have anything for news and notes?
3: Yeah, I want to uh, just add what uh Frank said about the Narden girls. Coach Rick Scrabuja doing a real good job. This is his second year at Narden after he left Olmsted. He was a pretty successful uh cross country coach at uh Olmstead at Kensington. And now he's uh, at Narden. Great job in two years over there has turned that program around. Couple other signings and Nate, you'll be interested in this. I went to Depew High School Tuesday because Carson Cotton signed her letter of intent. And, Nate, I was thinking about you. Because it was Carson Cotton, her initials were K C. I know you're a Kansas City Royals guy. I wore the hat. The only person there that even acknowledged the hat was Stu Boyer, and that's because he was complaining because, you know, KC beat out Cleveland in the American League Central. But none of the Cotton family, if they noticed the KC hat, they didn't say anything to me. Congratulations to uh Mother Julie, Father uh, Ken, and, of course, Carson. She is going to my alma mater, Niagara University, joining a slew of Western New York girls that are playing there. College basketball opened up this week. Congratulations to Cardinal O'Hara, 2016 graduate, Summer Hemphill. Played her first varsity game for UB, true freshman. Came off the a bench, second half, 17 points to lead the UB Lady Bulls over Niagara. Isn't it an oxymoron, Lady Bulls? Anyway, congratulations to her and... uh Cassie Ausler she chimed in eleven points, girls in western New York basketball it's getting better
2: one last thing uh, w n y athletics athlete of the week went to Lexi Novak Willies girls volleyball, nineteen kills, sixteen digs, three blocks, and went over pittsford Sutherland at regions regionals last weekend. whoa, all
1: right rod, you mentioned uh the uh the signing and of course, there is a picture that uh, we posted of you. Uh, with Kristen on the uh our face Carson on our Facebook page if you want to check that out. And uh, speaking of our Facebook page, I've thrown in a couple of wrinkles this week. Two things that I am looking for. You know, throwback Thursday has been so popular on Facebook uh, over the last couple of years. I'm asking for people to post pictures of themselves and their teams, whatever sport they played from back in high school, and we have some interesting pictures up there or some uh, running pictures from football, a, a baseball one. I think Tom Prince posted that so the real cool pictures and we 're looking for you post the older the older the better that 's what i 'm looking for and sent out messages to several of my friends to see if we can get uh, some old pictures, even one I sent a request i don 't know if he 'll answer it, but to Corey Graham. Of uh, his days at Turner Carroll, uh, we have James Mallory. Of his days at Kemmer West, uh, nice shot of him in the backfield. So we're looking for that. Please uh, go to our Facebook page and post your throwback picture. Also, we are looking for teams to participate in the Mannequin Challenge. And uh, thanks to Dunkirk and and some of the others that have posted their. They're funny. They're really funny and well done. So uh, we're looking for those two. You go right to our Inside High School Sports Facebook page, which has been growing by leaps and bounds, and I can't thank everybody enough who participate in it. Uh, I mean, we're seeing other media outlets. They're they're posting their stuff out there because they know that's the go-to page to get uh, the attention of the high school fans out there in western New York.
3: If you fall asleep on the couch while you're watching TV, does that qualify in the mannequin challenge?
1: <laughs> mm, well if somebody's filming you, yes. Long as you're not snoring and we don't pick up the snoring, then then you're fine. All right, guys. F- football going on and let's start with Thursday night's action. Uh Kenetius has regained the throne of uh, Monsignor Martin Association, football champion they defeated, Saint Francis and Joe and you, guys, and you guys were there. Tell us about the game, what you thought.
5: Well I got there a little late. I, I posted on Facebook and said what time was the game? And I thought, you know, either 7 or 7 seven, 7 or seven thirty, And somebody posted 6. So I missed Tyler Griziola's uh, nice uh, defensive end uh, or defensive tackle, batting down a pass and running it back for St. Francis to get the game going.
2: Yeah, that was an incredible play. My, my favorite play of the game happened early. Uh, Paul Woods, 43 yard touchdown catch. Okay, he makes the catch, fumbles. I mean, it gets swatted away and has the mindset to find the ball, locate it, and two plays later they're in the end zone. That was my play of the game.
1: That's heads up.
2: That's absolutely that heads, heads
1: up. up. Uh, you know, Canisius obviously was on a mission to regain the throne, and, and uh, they succeeded. Congratulations, uh, Coach Robbins and, uh, and the gang there, and Bryce Hopkins and everybody involved. Uh, a great season. Go ahead, Rog.
3: I was looking through that program, all at halftime and all that, Okay, out of there. And I just assume they're all linemen. A couple of them might be linebackers. But I just went by numbers 50 through 79 on the program. Tony, these guys could all eat you under the table. Oh, I'm sure.
1: Not half the person I was as far as eating goes. They
3: have nine guys 250 or better. Wow. Six guys 260 or better. And I mentioned the 260. I believe that's Alex Adame. If I'm not mistaken, I think Adame may be their nominee for the uh, Trench Trophy. Three other guys, 300 pounds. Two of them are only juniors. Third one would be uh, Colin uh, Drilling, who I believe is a grand-nephew of the late, great Elmo Drilling, who used to coach at uh, Bishop Ryan High School and Uh, I know there's a indirect connect, you know, distant relative. It's not like grandson or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Six foot four, 300 pounds. And to think with all those people there, the St. Francis line was able to open enough holes where, uh, Dylan McDuffie, I keep, I'm always going to say Isaiah when I should say Dylan and vice versa. But when Dylan McDuffie, he had what, 240 yards or something to that? in that neighborhood, it seemed like he had 400. Even the Canisius people I was uh, sitting with because I was with Blake Halbiel's family, Blake Halbiel's grandfather being a Kensington grad, uh, that, uh, in fact, Rick, his dad, was saying, my God, McDuffie must have 400 yards by now. They just couldn't stop him. And uh, I think uh, it might be fair to say the uh, 47-yard field goal that uh, Blake Halbiel kicked, would be the longest by a high school player at the Nerf, a.k.a. the Ralph.
1: The cap, the lid, whatever yeah. you want to call it. I
3: like the Nerf. <laughs> Frank's gotten me into that. That's It's the Nerf.
2: Well, you know, what really impressed me was uh, 25 Kenetius. We've talked about, you guys talked about him all year. He was a one-man wrecking crew for Kenetius on defense. Um, Burston, Cole Bernison, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, was a, he had a heck of a game. Um, at the same time, Raquan Greer, J.C. Johnson, Kenyatta Houston combined for 345 total yards, so that'll explain the beef up front. Well, yeah, you know? th-
3: that too. But the thing is, did anybody it,
2: throw the ball? It had to be uh, frustrating.
3: Oh well, yeah, that uh, early pass to uh, Woodson. uh yeah. You know, talk about the pass establishing and, the run for the rest of the game.
2: And there was another one that got called back on a penalty.
3: Yes, but uh, well. again, I'm sure. You know, the one guy runs for what seventy yards for a touchdown, and Jerry says, "Okay, guys, you better keep an eye on him." So they hand it to another guy, and he runs. How many yards did that last touchdown? Uh, it was a long one. It was
2: beyond midfield, I'm sure. Seventy-one, maybe somewhere, somewhere around there. there.
3: It's uh, just you know, multiple weapons and all that. And uh,
1: congratulations to both teams. It was uh, a great game. Yes, it, it was, was what ten game. to six going and into six the fourth quarter. Yeah, tight game, but you know, I want to correct something, because I saw a post on our Facebook page. Well, maybe now the uh, the Connolly Cup should think about McDuffie. That th- game doesn't count. You can't look at that. Actually, f- he is a finalist. He is a finalist. Is. Oh, okay. Well, to, but, to say that he should be well, the Connolly no. Cup winner off of that game.
5: No can do. No, no can, can do. do. No. Jerry Each Smith felt ten? like he had to outscore Kinesis, Stalker's. because... Early in the game, he went for a fake punt deep in his own territory. And it worked. And it worked. And then he not, I don't think he punted the rest of the game.
3: I don't understand the kicking games that are going on this year. There are so many of these pooch kicks. It looks like it's onside kick and all that. Well, it wasn't necessarily an onside kick. If we recover it, fine. But we don't want our return men. Their return men are too dangerous and all that. Okay, fine, they're dangerous. So you're going to give them the ball on your own 45 to midfield to their 45? Well, 45. you and I were talking
1: about that at the Cleve Hill game. the
3: ball out of bounds and let them start on the 35, if that's what you're worried about. And, and, you know, it's not just St. Francis. It's Timon did that in the St. Franny's game, the regular season game, uh near the end of the year.
1: A lot of these schools are doing it. Well, look, as I just said, in the Cleve Hill game that we saw at the stadium last Saturday, uh, the field position they gave to Kearney was
5: unbelievable. Right, but
1: you know, and like you, and you made a great point: kick it out of bounds, let them start at the thirty-five instead of the forty-five or the fifty.
5: But I, I said the same thing in the press box. The other team can then ask you to re-kick.
1: Yeah, but if it's three times,
3: uh, well, the old days in the NFL, if you kicked the ball out three times then it, it was, yeah, they could ask you to re-kick, but uh,
5: who would... So put it in the same spot, right? Well, by that time, you should be able to kick it in the end zone. Yeah.
3: I don't know if you're, no, no, you're, no, you're, 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 you're going, going backwards. backwards. By that time, you're going to kick the midfield. Uh, it's just that, you know, are teams that confident in their return teams that they're going to turn down a chance to start at their own 35? I wouldn't.
1: I mean, I understand, you know, that... Number eight for Bishop Kearney was a LaRocca or LaRocca, something like that. He was scary, dangerous. You put him inside the 10 yard line. Nobody's touching him, but he he could juke you out in a phone booth. That's how quick his feet were. But
3: again, out of bounds, start at the 35. He can also juke you out as a running back or as a quick pass too. So I, but just to give him field position like that, that's an awful lot to ask for your defense.
2: I'll tell you about the kicking game this year. Maybe it's just me, but I've never seen so many poor um, exchanges between the long snapper and the holder or the other punter. I've seen a lot of
5: bad snaps this year. Maybe it's just me. It's not practiced. The, the good teams schools don't spend practice enough time. It. And some schools, they don't even practice it because they don't kick. just
3: practices it. Of course, you know, they, they got, got the a, kicker. Where's he going? Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way... Uh, I don't know if it was on a Facebook page or second or whatever. He uh, made the. Um, I think he's going to be a high school all American. He is going to play in that game December twenty second in Dallas in Jerry S- Jones's little mansion, mansion. hall, shack, house, whatever you call it. Yeah,
1: little outhouse. December
3: <laughs> December twenty second, Blake Halbiel of Canesius is participating cool. in that all American game.
1: I would assume that's on TV. I hope so. All right, we'll keep an eye out for that. not on
3: the tube, it'll
1: be on the web, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Maple Grove going one step further to a state championship. We'll have all that and more on Inside High School Sports.
4: The Bills face the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday in a must-win game. More on that in a minute. But first... That's the theme. You know, we've scored one goal or 11 goals in the last nine games, and... You're not going to win many games, if any, scoring like that. We got to find a way to to create more, and, and not even create more, just bury down and bury them. Just get hungrier, and I think uh, that's the theme. I mean, it must be a joke right now if you score two goals against the Buffalo Sabers, you're going to win the game, and yeah. we got to we got to end that. That's Sabres forward of Vander Kane following their 4-1 loss at home to the Lightning on Thursday night. The Sabres have lost their last six, and they've only managed to score six goals during that span. They'll face a Pittsburgh Penguins team tonight that boasts one of the best records in the NHL. They're coming off a 3-2 overtime victory last night to the Islanders' coverage of Sabres. Penguins begins right here on WGR with Pat Malacaro. He'll take control on the pregame show. That's at 6, face-off at 7 from Key Bank Center. Back to the Bills who are, getting, who are sitting on a losing streak of their own coming off a loss on Monday night to the Seahawks. That was two weeks ago. Kyle Williams knows it's difficult to go into the bye coming off a loss, but he also realizes how important that bye was to an injury-plagued team. We had a little skid there and, you know, you hate going into a, you know, extended break with a loss. So that's always kind of tough, you know. Uh, you know, it's kind of the, the good thing and the bad thing about the NFL. When you lose a game, typically, you know, you turn right back around, you have another opponent, you can get back out there, you can kind of dive into it where, you know, last week just kind of had to chew the fat on that and live with it. So it was tough, but, you know, I know that we need it physically, uh, as well as mentally. So it'll be good to kind of get back in the scheme of things. Coverage of Bills-Bangles begins bright and early with breakfast with the Bills at 7. Jeremy White and Bills game day at 8. Then Howard Simon and the Bills round table on countdown to kickoff at 10. That'll lead you right up to kick at 1 p.m. with Murph Markel Sol, Capaccio on the call right here on the radio home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR. More Inside High School Sports is next.
1: Corn.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you, Nate. I just listened to this for a while. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri along with Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss, and Joe Marguccio. Nick Gary, producing, playing some awesome bumper music right now. Knows I Love Corn, and I'm not talking about uh, the yellow stuff you have at Thanksgiving. Jimmy Crack Corn? <laughs> no, not him either. No, no. We're talking about some good music here. All right, uh Joe, Canisius uh, by claiming the Monsignor Martin Association title, uh, they will now play. Now, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's an option whether the downstate team plays it or not, but uh, they do have now a uh, a state championship for the uh, Catholic schools. Okay. They'll
3: probably play it this year because they'd be the home team. So sometimes they'd have not to come all the way if the game was up here.
5: I thought last year...
3: Last year was here. Here, right?
5: Saint Francis played Stepniak at Grand Island. Yes, exactly. So, what so, uh, my there. point
3: being, I don't think the downstate team would turn down playing a home game. Now, right. playing, you know, across the state, that might be a different story. Who okay, would so, they uh, so, possibly be playing? Well,
5: this is uh, Archbishop Stepniak is playing Cardinal H- Hayes today, and it looks like it's for a championship. But Stepniak has another game after that. And Uh if if I'm right, I thought they played Archbishop Stechniak last year on the first Saturday in December. The game is, uh, I know, Canisius is
3: playing. The only question was whether it was December 3rd or 4th. Yeah. Uh, But it's that weekend, whether the game is Saturday or Sunday. Fortunately, and fortunately doesn't sound like the right word, Canisius doesn't have any finalists, so it's that like someone would miss the Conley Cup luncheon and all that. But, uh. No, I know there. The only question was, I know it's that weekend. Uh, there was a little uh, difference of opinion between the people I was with, whether the game was on the – well, they kept saying it was Sunday the 3rd. Well, it's either Sunday the 4th or Saturday the 3rd. So, But uh, Canisius will go downstate. And, uh, well, if, if Stepniak loses, then uh, they would play uh, – what was the other one, Cardinal something
5: or other? Cardinal Hayes. Cardinal Hayes. But then Stepniak still has a game after the championship. It so. doesn't make sense. Downstate
1: yeah. funky ball? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, uh, good luck to Canisius. Hopefully they're able to uh, get a state title there. Uh, meanwhile, we had uh, Maple Grove beat It Doesn't Matter High School 56-20. to 20. And I say that because it doesn't matter who they play. They're just going to roll.
3: What are you talking about next week? Or
1: No, I'm talking about yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, 36
3: points. And the they only thing i got to worry about is if they have somebody that's really uh, very proficient in the passing game because it looks like uh, they're susceptible to the long pass.
2: I would agree. I would agree. Myshik had a pretty yeah. good game on both sides of the ball. again. Oh, I think he, he had close to 60 yards off. If he and, was
3: on another team, he yeah. might be a finalist. It's just between you know him and Benson and all that. There's a one-two combination. Trevor Mesack, uh and he's the younger bro- brother. I can't remember the first name, but his brother played on the 2008 uh Maple Grove state championship teams with you know Chris Saki, Joe Caporali and all them guys. So
2: he's got the pedigree. Uh the other thing Benson had the three touchdowns in the first half and then he was limped he limped off, uh, didn't finish the game, so he's up in arms right now for next week, I would say.
3: He had ice on his ankle cuz they showed him because he still got the offensive player of the game and all that uh the player of the game, and my hat's off to whoever picked those people. They actually picked, a, and I can't think of his name, the Maple Grove Center was the player of the game for anchoring the offensive line that opened up the holes. Congratulations to whoever was at Cicero North and made that decision. I'm
1: impressed. Well, congratulations to Maple Grove. One more to go. They will play Friday for the state championship at the Carrier Dome. Yeah, it's at noon. 12. At noon. Okay, so while you're hanging up your Christmas decorations, I believe it'll be on Time Warner, right? I
5: yeah, it I would better be. so. Oh, yeah. yeah, so uh, you can watch if Matt it. Can that give like,
3: me a heads up so I might have to go down there and watch it then? Yeah. Every
5: t- every team they played basically the game plan of the other team is not to let Benson get to the edge. Once he once they turn the corner and Micek's blocking for him, it's, and if they it's uh,
3: they overplay on. Uh, Benson, they proved last night. Look at all the other weapons these guys have. What was it, Bri- Bri- Brizzoli? Number three. Fabrizio. Fabrizio. Okay, it was close. I, you know, I had a couple of Zs. It was an Italian name. You know. he's, had, he's had a meatball or
5: two that. in his life. <laughs> Kurt, work with him here. Yes, please. Help. Kurt Fisher will come out with an offense he has not shown all season, at least for the first two series. Really? Yes.
1: But you know, don't you take a chance and you're confusing your kids that way. I mean, I had always thought, and my belief is, is that you go what works. You taught that you run the plays that you do well in practice. Those are the plays you run in the game.
3: What Kurt does is he does it off. You know, a takeoff. He'll show them what looks like. The other team have been watching in film all week, and they say, oh, boy, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and he has one little variation that's, it's almost like you call it audible after the ball is snapped and all that. They're able to react to what the defense does. That's the impressive thing about Maple Grove offense. They are able to, at a split-second notice, take what the offense gives them. And sure, a couple times you'll get wrapped up for a no-gain or all that, but... Oh. Well,
1: obviously he's doing something right because he's a tremendous coach. Yeah, early, <laughs> he's one early, of the best. Yeah,
3: but the guy has already lost forty-four games in twenty-six years, Anthony.
5: Yeah, but he's won over two hundred. So, oh, they're,
3: they're, you, why are
5: you drifting from my that. point? Analytics <laughs> 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 early, early on in games, though. I mean, if he gets in the defense of kids' heads, okay, this is my read. This is my read, the linebacker, and all of a sudden them reads aren't your reads anymore. That's you know? what he
3: dwells on. That they read, you know, that they bite for the reads. It's just, you know,
5: tremendous. it's not
3: rocket science yet. He makes it look like it.
5: Well, next next week they could be up against this Cambridge team that averages 318 yards a game rushing.
1: Yeah, but you have to look at the uh, quality of the opponents that they're playing. One thing we've
5: found out throughout the years, the strongest teams in the States are usually Section 6 in D. There's no doubt. I've talked to, you know, uh, Coach Brown from Randolph, he says usually the toughest is getting out of Section 6, because usually it was Randolph, Maple Grove. And then your next toughest was probably Rochester.
3: And don't go by the current state standings either, because at this point in time, usually the top four teams are the final four teams. Whoever, you know, playing in the far west region, or I mean, the uh, east regional, and the two teams playing in the west re- regional. Just coinc- coincidentally, would be in the top four in the latest state rankings. I mean, look at what was it, I guess the years that Maple Grove or Randolph won. At the end of the year, they finally says, you know what? The other team out uh, of Section Six is probably the second best team in the state, and in the final rankings,
1: well, it how would many, show that. how many <laughs> times we've seen we're going into the state finals, whether it's Maple Grove or Randolph, and we hear about the opponent that they're playing. Oh, they average, you know, four hundred yards; they score fifty points a game, and then they get shellacked when they play Randolph or Maple
5: Grove. I think the the quality of opponents is something has something to say there. Well, if you look real quick, Tony, if you look back, their first two games, it was like fourteen nothing at the halftime. They weren't. Crushing nobody against uh, Franklinville-Alcoville, and then I'm not sure who they. I can't remember who they. Yeah, well, right. Franklinville-Alcoville
3: was later. That was like week five because yeah. I was at
5: that game. But uh,
3: you know, you got the Silver Creeks and all the I was, others. I was
5: talking about the stadium when they oh, played. Okay, them. that was like 14 nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. And same when they played uh, Rochester School. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, they Alexander, just go
2: up there. With, I thought they had control of. Both games at the rail, for the most part. Yeah. Maple Grove had control.
5: Oh, yeah, no doubt. It just weren't they weren't blowing them they out at half. They weren't blowing them time. out at
2: half.
1: All right, Dunkirk plays today against Shenango Forks, who comes in undefeated. Shenango Forks, that's a superpower house. Yeah. All they do is win. This is going to be a tall task for Dunkirk. As amazing as Dunkirk has been lately, this is going to be a tall task.
3: Yeah, but how much better can Shenango Forks be than
1: Chicktawaga? That's how I look at it.
5: Yeah. Mm. Uh, aren't uh, they the
1: defending
2: champions? Nothing's impossible. Um,
5: I know they've won, and, and they've fluctuated. They've gone between B and C, uh, but yeah, they've won championships.
2: There was a team from—I don't even remember the year. You guys can help me with this. Um, some team snapped a 62-game winning streak Main in Class A. Well. Main Air Main straight, well. How long ago is that? Last, Last year. year, exactly. Salt Park Nothing's impossible them. here. They if actually Dunkirk, did it
5: the night ESPN was there doing a story That's right. Him. Exactly. I mean,
2: and well. So nothing's impossible here. Dunkirk has a tall task for sure, but ground and pound. And, Joe, as you alluded to earlier on, uh, I believe, Facebook, the weather could very well be in Dunkirk's favor today.
5: 17-mile-per-hour winds, 100% rain, and uh, temperatures dropping from 67 to 42 by the end of the game. But Dunkirk, I think, has to throw the ball a tiny bit. Because they'll just load the box. I mean, they ain't got a receiver out there. You could have 10 guys in a box.
1: Oh, it comes out. What is Forks? What is their specialty? Are they a run team? Are they a pass
2: team? They got a 1,900 yard rusher, uh, LJ Watson. He's got 29 touchdowns.
3: That wouldn't scare me as much as uh, a team that is proficient in the pass. Because how many teams, you know, outside of Chicktawaga has Dunkirk faced this year that would be proficient in the past i would think maybe the second best passing team they faced all year might have been east aurora and uh i don't think they east aurora is much the passing team as you know chick was with you know bartnick to a parker and all them guys so to me i would rather them be playing against a team that has a 1900 yard rusher than a team that might have a 2000 yard passer
1: where you really have to look is uh, the line of scrimmage Offensive line versus defensive line. We're talking about both teams. Who can control a line of scrimmage often will control who wins the game.
3: Dunkirk, I think, it would be, a, they, they certainly won't be out of that picture. They are very, their linemen are very good. The one, I can't think of his name. He is extremely good. I expect him to be a trench
1: finalist. Well, if you open up the holes, you're, you, it creates room for your backs to go.
2: You control the ground. You control the ground. You control the clock. You control the score. And Dunkirk's playing this year with something they've never had before, and that's confidence. And that's a confident community. That's a confident locker room. And you know I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to find a way to pull it out and keep playing into the Carrier Dome next week.
1: Oh, it would be awesome. But you also have to throw in there, too, the fact that this is their first time going this far. Does that play into this? First time at the rail for the Nerves? I was just going to say ago. it was the
3: first time in the Far West Regional. That didn't seem to bother them.
5: They're a little banged up, though. They're missing their st- I don't know if they're not playing today or what, but they're missing their second and third back. Any Mm. kind of injury could be a factor here. Yeah. All right,
1: let's take a break. When we come back, I want to jump into what's been a huge discussion on our Facebook page, and that is Coach of the Year. So I'm going to pick your minds when we come back. After the break, you're listening to Inside High School Sports. We're back. One last segment of inside high school sports. Quick announcement: uh, another call up for the Sabers with Cole the Schneider. high school. Yeah, Cole congratulations! He's Cole. Second
2: in AHL scoring.
1: Outstanding. So, best. Of, it's awesome. It's all awesome. all due to his dad, I think.
3: Yeah, and his dad was uh, coached in Muni baseball by. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but he's one of the four of us sitting at this table.
1: And it's not me. It's not Joe. And it's not Frank. You said that. I didn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Pete! You know we're pulling for you.
1: Absolutely, go get them! All right, Coach of the Year, guys. Uh, this set off a huge argument on our Facebook page, and when I mean, huge. We're talking about like over a hundred comments. Uh, people have opinions that's why they go to our facebook page this is the the only place that you can go to kind of you know argue these things out and you know and obviously there's a lot of homerism on there you know uh, lobbying for their person whether it's coach of the year or lineman you know talking about trench or Connolly. people have you know they stick up for their school and and that's great and all uh but looking at in going through the post you took it like some of the names that are out there uh sartori from uh dunkirk f- from dunkirk is huge i mean he probably has the most uh picks on here uh glenn graham uh kurt fisher plenty of uh support for him rich robbins on and on and on but some of the arguments don't make any sense because they're talking about oh well he's done this throughout his career well that's what it's not about it's It's not a career achievement award yeah what when you look when i look at coach of the year it's what did you do from the day after your season ended last year to now
3: and not only that, I mean, everybody says, well, you know, Kurt Fisher is going to the state championship game. Yeah, but my definition of coach of the year is not necessarily, you know, they do that at the Prep Talk Awards dinners every year. The five nominees just happen to be the coaches of what the five most successful teams of that season or the entire school year. My point is, Coach of the Year is the team that most exceeded expectations. You know, and I'll use an example, and he didn't get nominated two years for Coach of the Year. He should have. Will North coached Mike Mamoletti two years ago when they went to the state championship. They were 0-2. They had one foot in a funky bowl and the other foot on a banana peel after week two. And I think the next game they lost that year was at the Carrier Dome. That's what coaching's all about. Who gets a team above and beyond all reasonable expectations? So, I think looking at that,
1: you have to pick Dunkirk.
3: Well, looking at that, you don't necessarily pick... Maple Grove, because anything less than the state championship would have been a disappointment for Maple Grove.
2: That's my point. And I got to tell you, I mean, you know, we're getting beat up a little bit because we may not have McDuffie up at the top of the list. He's a great coach with a tremendous coaching staff. They also have arguably the best player in Western New York. They had to win the sections. I mean, anything less than a sectional title this year would have been a major disappointment. So nothing surprises us about how well they did this year. No, they were forecasted to do that. Exactly,
3: well. Tony. Do you remember a few years ago and you laughed at me because I told Coach Siriani, <laughs> yes, "I said <says>, <laughs> if you think I'm voting you for uh, Coach of the Year, you're dreaming." You had the Conley Cup winner. And the the Trench Trophy. So so pack the quarterback. And Carlson, the Trench Trophy winner. Anything less than state championship would be a disappointment.
1: Yeah, I think in fact you said even you could have coached that team
2: to a state championship.
3: Yeah, which was a stretch. But I said
1: it,
2: <laughs> a, but I said it anyway. You know. and Lancaster had a tremendous amount yeah, of Eric talent Yeah, the is another one mentioned. You know, yeah. he, he did a first great job. First year
1: coach, and, and 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 this is where it comes in. Yeah, Lancaster was uh, predicted to to get to the stadium, but yeah, with a first year coach, first mm-hmm. time as a head coach at the high school level, what Eric did was uh, nothing short than fantastic. Shored up a defense that was leaking like a from a year ago to where they were championship caliber team.
3: If nothing else, how many people can say they beat a Gene tundo team twice in one year? There's people out there that wish they could have beaten Gene tundo twice in their career. It, it's <laughs> tough. One. I
5: mean, there's so many out there. Like like you guys said, Fisher. You no, know, I picked the four season start though in Class D. I mean, they moved from C to D, and they got the players they got, and then you know, Rich Robbins, like. You can say consistency. That's no doubt about them. But again, Canisius was
1: forecasted
5: to, to be know, where, where they are good. today. Yep, and then uh,
3: how about, you know, somebody
5: put in the two that they put in and I really liked
3: in fact, I, I put like on the Facebook page was uh, Chris Galsamino from Hutch Tech.
1: And, yeah, fantastic job. And,
3: and Charlie Comerford considering the schedule they had and all that you know, they should be at least in a discussion. I'm not saying they'd be the finalists. I'm
1: and they did beat Canisius during the regular season. Exactly.
3: Uh, Hutch Tech what, made it to the semifinals. Who would have thought Hutch Tech would have uh, qualified for the playoffs, let alone make it to the semifinals? <laughs> well, again, and we, we've we had that discussion, too. You know, when only one team in your division gets eliminated, you got a 50-50 chance of making it by beating the one team that won't.
2: I thought Bass did a pretty good job out at Niagara Falls this year. Um, no, I th- I you know, disagree. No, I think no, he did. He
1: should have. They, they with the talent they had, they should have been able to go further and and been able to win games by bigger margins. No, I don't think. But then again, mm, I would who, not put him in discussion. Who, who knocked
3: him out of the playoffs. Hutch
1: Tech.
2: Yeah, I I think he did a good job with with playing, playing at their home
1: with. field against Hutch Tech. N- I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, to me, the home field, the only time
3: a home field and, and comes look in. At the, the
1: size p- of the school. I mean, come on. Niagara Falls should be competing for the stadium every year.
3: Well, Hutch Texas class AA, too, so it's not like but they're But they playing. don't have the
2: amount of students Niagara Falls does. I thought they had some pretty big wins this year. I'll Looking throw at one the schedule, I thought they had a pretty good. I, I thought they finished pretty well against the teams they had to beat. They they had some big wins this year. Yeah, I don't know. Looking they at how the they, the they should have done but. better.
5: You know, one name. I mean, he might be mentioned now if he beat Dunkirk is Jeff Buccieri. Oh, but I like Jeff Buccieri. Jeff was a mentioned. Lot. I mean, if he didn't get crossed if it by, it by Dunkirk, 50, if
3: it wasn't fifty-nine to nothing, he would be in a discussion. Yes. He might have kind of.
5: They had a and they only had like nineteen or twenty guys on the squad. Who two teams that
3: beat Maryvale this year? Chickawaga <laughs> and Dunkirk. Those yep, are it. two pretty good teams.
1: Absolutely. All right, guys. That's going to do it for our discussion today. Uh, thanks much once again, Roger. Have a happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, you know, enjoy your day. Have some cake and ice cream, and you know, wear the funny little hat and Dunkirk. You know, go Dunkirk. Go Get it done on. today. All right, we'll talk to you next week for more inside high school sports.
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.